Radio Berlin News in English. It's Monday, September 27, 2021. This is Radio Spätkauf with a special Berlin election quick take. I am Joel Dalroy. I'm Izzy Choksu. I'm Daniel Stern. And I'm Joran Mandik. Coming up on today's show, Berlin voters have overwhelmingly shown that they like the Red-Red-Green Coalition, giving those parties enough votes to continue. And they've supported the revolutionary referendum calling for big real estate companies to be stripped of their houses. But none of those things are likely to happen because the SPD doesn't want them and is in the strongest position to decide which parties to team up with. Will the SPD really ignore the wishes of an overwhelming majority of the city? There were huge lines at lots of polling stations, uh, which is almost unheard of. Some had to stay open later, others closed and turned voters away, uh, also unheard of. Did you get to vote, Yuran? I did go, I did vote. And do you know what? Uh, an incredible 50% roughly of people um, mailed in their ballot as well. I think that's an all-time high for that number. And still there were lines. The, yeah. Although I, as I walked around my neighborhood, saw drastically different turnout and different wait times, even like blocks away. Later, I realized I was looking at one versus the other side of the marathon. <laughs> and I think that that may have had to do with whether or not people could get there or who was getting there or maybe even when their ballots were getting there. Because I know that there were, they were into some trouble with distribution. Who knew that you couldn't just block off a ring of, of the city and still run an election? Uh, <laughs> if only someone had looked at a calendar to see what days those things were happening. <laughs> also, what what parties do you think have the highest the highest rate of marathon runners and fans in them? Maybe it was to like repress I'm thinking greens, that's runners. Definitely FD repressing FDP. the green. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, like overachievers who don't want to pay tax, you know. Just fucking run away <laughs> hey, from social responsibility. I ran a marathon <laughs> once. No way. <laughs> Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Did you go and vote, Izzy? I, uh, yeah, I've, I voted early, actually. And it, it was like a long queue. So I voted on Thursday. And um, yeah, that I had to wait like 45 minutes, I think. And that was on Thursday. So that was pretty, pretty mad. But I think we worked out that it was basically the whole of Neukern had to come to the Rat House in order to vote. So that might have been why. As you know, I'm a European citizen and can vote in the local elections. However, as Radio Spitkauf listeners also know, I should not be entitled to vote in any other election that was going on on that day. So I showed up to the voting station in a school in Neukölln. Mine didn't have a line, um, or not a very long one at least. I showed my ID. The man looked down, uh, looked at my name and said, oh, you get all the papers. Here you go. Handed me the whole German pack. And <laughs> jackpot. Jackpot. I did not say a word because... Damn it, I deserve to vote. I've lived here for 13 years. I pay taxes. I'm a citizen of the world who has resided here, and I should have a say in what my representatives on all levels in the democracy in which I live and partake. So I was, um, I went from thinking I was just going to go, you know, do my one little tick, and suddenly I had this whole pack of papers, and I had not even thought in my head about who I would vote for, of course, because I didn't believe I could. And suddenly, <laughs> this, I began to feel extremely emotional i was holding my hands these lists and i suddenly realized i had a chance to have a say in the referendum about enteignung whether the city buys takes back houses and i could contribute to that 
and I could contribute to the makeup of the federal government and its enormous responsibilities about um, environmental issues that are coming up for future generations. I could actually influence that. And I got a little bit overwhelmed and I'm still feeling a bit overwhelmed as I'm talking about it now. Just the, the, the ability to participate in the, the system actually had a physical effect on me and made me feel quite emotional. So I got into the voting booth. I, um, I made my selections um, and then I went out to the voting box where you drop the box and there is a second ID check. And that man looked down and noticed that I shouldn't have the other papers in my hand. He yelled across the room, told off the other bloke for giving me the papers. He took my one that I'm allowed to have, or I took the one I was allowed to have and put that in the box. And he said, the other ones, uh, you have to tear them up. Whoa. And I said, <laughs> so dramatic. Oh, so by the dramatic. way, listeners, uh, Joel's calling in live from actually a penitentiary here in Berlin where he's been arrested for voter fraud and then refusing to tear up. So, yeah, we should have mentioned that, yeah, he is zooming from jail. His imprisonment might contribute to his emotional response. So I, um, I said to the man, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tear up these papers. I'm not going to physically destroy dem- democracy. I'm not going to remove my own vote, my own voice in this system. If you want to do that, that's your decision, but I am not going to participate in that process. You were that eloquent on the spot? Um, I probably wasn't, no. <laughs> yeah, and off Deutsch. Um, he ran out after me as I left the venue yelling at me that I had to come back and tear up my papers because it was the regulations and I just kept walking. Um, but I actually had my vote physically given to me and physically taken away. There was, um, so I got told today that 5% of the Deutsche Wohnen Uncle and Eignen voters were ineligible. Unkultig. How does that work? So I don't know why where that number comes from, um, but yeah, 5% were ungültig. It's easy to make a vote ungültig, so invalid. Um, if there's any lines near any of the other boxes, if you kind of fuck around with the paper too much, it's invalid very quickly. Oh my God. So you have to really, I was like really concentrating not to mess up. I was a bit hungover when I went. <laughs> and so I, I really took my time. I was like, okay, deliberately make your crosses. Like don't make this thing invalid. Okay, here's a question. Uh, because I come from a country in which a cross means no and a tick means yes. What would happen if you ticked a box instead of crossed it? Mm, I don't know. I guess that's why I'm not allowed to vote in this country. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure they handle that in civics. But of course, like... Asking the really important questions. Though. Chatting with Germans about this election, you know, having to explain to them, no, I can't vote. No, yeah, that person can because, oh, they get to vote in the local ones. Or no, yeah, a 16-year-old can do it. And then being like, no, surely not. I'm like, yeah, that's... That's actually your rules, you know. It's I think I think this is the first year I've had those conversations with a lot of people, so maybe there is going to be a momentum for some mm. shift in that. Uh, I don't know, or or at least an awareness that it's like not legit democracy in this city, um, or that I mean, if you combine that with the fact that we're just necess- by necessity bringing in workers who are here to serve as second class, non democratically. Uh, um, allowed um, represented. yeah un- unrepresented workers you know maybe like people be like that's um, maybe wrong you might already know this if you've checked it online but we're going to tell you anyway the winners and the losers from Berlin's state and municipal elections uh, starting with the winners and the big winner of the night was the SPD won the most votes with 21%, but actually lost about 0.1% from their previous uh, vote. So uh, given that they 
have been on a downward trajectory for years, maintaining their share is kind of a win and they're still the biggest party and get to call the shots in the coalition talks. Um, second place came the Greens with almost 19% and that's actually their best result in Berlin ever. So they're almost level with the SPD and came super uh, close to overtaking them. They were up in the polls. They were going to win this thing. It's a last minute defeat to the SPD. Um, Even on the night of. Like when I was checking yeah. in Sunday evening, I was like, woohoo, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. And then woke up and was like, woohoo, <laughs> what happened last night? So the Greens expanded their local council seats as well as Friedrichshain-Kreuzberg. They will also have local level mayors in Pankow, Charlottenburg-Wilmersdorf and Tempelhof-Schöneberg. So they sweeped a few of the Bezirks, didn't they? They nice did. One. Their map has turned green in a lot of places. Uh, the next winner of the night was the CDU. They came in third with 18.1% of the vote. That is just a fraction above their last results. And if you look at how their voters, um, according to the exit polls and the analysis, um, a lot of their voters came from other parties, um, notably from the AFD. And the final um, small winner of the night was the FDP, who raised half a percentage points and reached around 7%. Okay, what about the losers? So D-Linker, they came uh, fourth with 14%. That's down by just a percent and a half from last time around. And they lost lots of council seats on the local level, especially in the East, which is now dominated by the SPD. The biggest loser, loser of the night, I'm happy to announce, uh, was the AfD. Woo. They lost almost half of their votes. So they're down 8% compared to the last election. And the analysis shows um, that voters mostly banned them in favor of the CDU. So, yeah, what a result. The far right coming back to the center. I mean, yes. I mean, I think there's, I mean, I think there's a new hope that the CDU is going to take a turn to the right. I mean, without, <laughs> without Merkel, like, sort of dragging it against its will or sort of passively allowing it to become a progressive uh, party. Should we be happy about that? <laughs> well, I mean, that's always, that's always sort of been the question is, you know, without, you know, how much of... I mean, her policies did drive a rise in the AFD, and do we? I don't know if we want a rise in the CDU now. I mean, we don't want the CDU at ten percent, but at the same time, like that's you know at least segregating the rightest votes away from that party. I don't. I'm not smart enough to tell you the answers. That's for sure. It's so nice to like for once be talking about splitting the right vote, splitting the right wing vote rather than splitting the left wing vote. Because yeah. like in my experience of politics is always the left that splits and not the right. They just want power. Can I tell you that it is not just the left and the right that split? And I can tell you that from having a look at the uh, voter um, for the very first time being allowed to actually see a voting form. What do you call it? Stimmzettel? Mm-hmm. And seeing all the number of parties that are running. I mean, of course, I knew there were a lot of parties running from all the posters on the street, but I had no idea. I was, while I was waiting my turn, I was looking through. So there are not one, but two Tearschutz parties. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one did the really good postering job because one of them was out there and put up a lot of posters. But the other one... One of them puts emphasis on insects and the other one's more mammal. Right. <laughs> two Tearschutz parties. There are two... Grauer parties, grey parties, like for representing seniors, I mm-hmm. guess. No, uh, no. It's like a Nazi party. Oh, is that a At Nazi least one party? Of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, lucky. I thought it was for pensioners as well. <laughs> Maybe the other one is. Well, pensioners, Nazis, I mean, you know. Ooh. Um, so, <laughs> oh, my God. What cut, you're saying cut, is, cut. what you're saying, what Joel meant to say was everyone is entitled to a, a range of opinions despite their age or just allowed to be a, a variety of age despite their 
opinions. Well, so maybe one of them is a pensioners' party, and is, you know, is just the other one is you know is collecting the the votes from the. Well, I'm really confused though. If if you're looking at this list and you don't know who's who, there's like I mean, could I just start a party and call it like? The CDU with like a like an umlaut and just get into. I mean, if you collect enough signatures, yeah, you have to get a I mean, I was on the ballot last time. That worked. I know, but if you just make your name exactly the same as the other parties, is that? I mean, that was the. I think that was an Eddie Murphy movie where like that was how he got elected a senator from Florida at one Did point. He? So yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I what like I want to know is what the difference between these tiny parties. I want to go to like a meeting of the Tierschutz Party One and Tierschutz Party Two, and just just understand the the split that occurred. You know, where was it that that these two groups just decided that they could no longer stand each other's presence and had to both be. Uh, you know, on this the is thing. next election cycle. Let's do like debates, like Grau versus Grau, tier not you know not if one of them turns out to be evil, but you know tier tier parte versus like there's we see televised debates for these top ones. Let's let's get the uh, and also I would yeah. just like to say that like I'm still feeling super guilty about when you said you were told to vote for the hip hop party and I laughed because I thought it was like a humorous name and then you explained to me that it was not and that I'm an idiot and I just like to go on the record as saying um, that that I. Um, How much do I they get off the vote? Are you starting to apologize for your inappropriate laughs, Dan? I think we've got a lot more, you've got a lot more you can uh, catch up on. We'll, uh, I'll give you a list from the archives. What, uh, Izzy, <laughs> you got any thoughts? Um, no, I just found it really interesting looking at the breakdown of the votes for the um, for the tiny parties because you would you would have thought that people would have just picked one that had the best post campaign or just like a few had really effective post campaigns, but actually it was really well distributed, which means that the tiny parties basically it was basically all wasted votes including mine um so they got around 12 percent in total but none of them got enough to actually get past the three percent or the five percent rules 12 percent is a lot though isn't it mm-hmm. it's a lot of people yeah going for the zonstiger option and um, do you know how many votes uh, do Obama got i tried to find them and i think they might be under a different name that i didn't know so i couldn't find what uh, what their percentages were but klima lister who we've previously profiled on the podcast um they got 0.4 percent in berlin and a one percent in neukölln so not a great outcome about 3,900 people voted for klima lister right. wherever they could so right, right. yeah i mean so that dude who told me they were a spoiler for the Greens, uh, I can now sit at a bar. Can well, I? Well, that is just wrong. categorically wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the other way around. The Greens spoiled the climalister vote, maybe climalister. Possibly. Well, what is the mood in the? Um, what, what are you part? You part of the the climalister? How how is there chatter after these things? Do people like commiserate and congratulate each other for trying, or how does it work? Do you I all mean, get together? Um, yeah. So there will be there's meetings going on all week and i think that there's a general mood of like okay so we are an an extra parliamentary opposition group now that's what they're kind of calling themselves and i think that over the coming weeks and months there will be a different role that klimalista will try and work out and fathom because they have really nice campaign materials they have a great ideology they have a great platform to run ideas by and maybe if it just becomes sort of an extra parliamentary activist forum that still has a role to play in civil society so um yeah i mean obviously it's early days i think there's quite a lot of disappointment but at the same time there is a huge amount of momentum in this direction and klimalist is not going anywhere anytime soon and we have to remember in Berlin, the, the Greens had their best showing ever, mm. you know, picking up almost as many votes as, you know, the, the party that has dominated the city's politics forever, you know. So that is a huge win for people who are environmentally minded, even if the Greens aren't as, you know, far along as, as we would hope they would be in terms of some policies. Mm. So we can't say it's a loss for, 
in Berlin at least. On a federal level, it's another story, but we're not here to talk about federal politics. If you want that, tune into Deutsche Welle. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going with the next big issue of the election. That is the Deutsche Wohnung and Co. and Eignung referendum question. It asks voters if they supported the idea of the state government forcibly purchasing all apartments from any company with more than 3,000 flats. And this is just amazing. This, I think, is actually the big story of the of the Berlin it's election. 56.4% of voters who answered that question said yes, and only 39% said no. Those numbers again, 56.4% for yes, 39 for no. The minimum number of voters was reached, meaning this is one of the very few successful Berlin state referendums ever. This is actually mm. only the third, in fact, since reunification. So Which were the other two? Tempelhof? Very good. <laughs> I actually know. Nice. Airports. <laughs> I learned that from listening to Radio Schwedkar. <laughs> um, yeah, just to add to that, so 10 out of 12 districts voted for and Eignen. And um, what I found really interesting was the largest, the, the biggest yes came from... Can anyone guess where the biggest yes came from? Or does anyone already know? I'm sure it's related to where the rents are going up the most. <laughs> Kreuzberg and Friedrichstein. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and the lowest no, or the, the biggest no was 50.1%. And that was in Steglitz. So extremely unconvincing no. It's like a no. It's like a no. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, ra I'd rather, you know, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> on the fence um, so yeah it's a 17 percent margin between yes and no which is absolutely gargantuan but i feel thing. like i mean you, you say it's the biggest story but i feel like it's the biggest story just because it's the only conclusive story we have we mm -hmm. don't really know where anything's going we don't even know where this is going because we've getting ambiguous signals from the top but i do know that uh vanovia's stocks shot up today right so the biggest the biggest basic land uh, or you know re real estate holder um, which is publicly traded, and its numbers went way up, uh, ostensibly because the SPD won, and and though basically Giffey was like, well, you know, we'll 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 look at this, you know, like we'll pay attention to the to the voters' choice, but you know, even 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 at the even even the parties that were in support of it were like, we don't know if this is gonna work. So the fact that like whatever support it's gonna have is going to be at best. <sighs> ambiguous means that and those and the, the stock markets they're just looking to make money so i feel like that analysis is somewhat unbiased as to whether or not this is successful yeah i mean i think it's it's, it's interesting i mean giffy has started to like step down from some of her like more red 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 lines right. um red being the operative word because of dilinka right so in their co in their coalition manifesto they've said that is a red line for them they are supporting deutsche Wohnen and co and eignen so it, yeah, she's going to either have to like step down from that red line that she put in the sand or in order to get into a coalition with them or go in an extremely unpopular route and make a coalition with the CDU. But because the CDU and um, the Greens, uh, sorry, the CDU, the FTP and the SPD have only 85 seats together rather than 99 seats together, it would feel extremely undemocratic to go for the lower level coalition or the less seated coalition and refuse to respect the referendum that just seems too much undemocracy right. to me i don't know i just don't think it's tenable um so uh, our friend of the podcast Walter bernhardt who's also extremely active in the deutsche phone and co and agnum campaign he actually um 
uh, gave a little statement to us before the show and they are feeling buoyant. They are feeling extremely buoyant. They know they're in it for the long haul. They know this is not going to be easy. They know Giffy is a, you know, she is not exactly the most um, open to this, but they are in it for the long haul and they are going to carry on campaigning and make sure that there is nothing that they will take outside of proper socialization of the housing market. I mean, I think it's a big it's a big win for her because, you know, she can turn to whatever conservative side of her own party and be like, well, my hands are tied. And then, you know, so then she can make these sort of public statements like I'm open to hearing the voters, you know, the voters will, uh, you know, that you've made yourselves clear and then do away with her previous statements without looking like she's flip flopping and move forward and do nothing to help it get through. It seems well, like a huge explain, win for her. Let's explain how this works with the referendum. Why is it non-binding? It's non-binding because they didn't propose a s exact text of, of, of a law. They did, and that's because they didn't need to. There is an existing law by which this can happen. So what they did is they told the politicians, you must use this existing law to do this, uh, to, to forcibly buy back apartments. Um, the other case, for example, Tempelhof, the uh, referendum in which Tempelhof was declared off limits for building, that did propose a very specific law that went into Berlin local law uh, and is, is still there and still active. So that's the difference between a binding and a non-binding referendum. Um, and in this case, they instructed them to use the existing law. And that is what now the parties have been told to do. Um, and it would just be unthinkable that they could just turn around and say to 56% of the Berliners or of the people who voted, you know, we are just going to just ignore you entirely and do the exact opposite. But at the same time, that, that's, that number of 56%, think of, it, think of it this way, is also very close to the number of votes that the parties involved in the current coalition, the Red Red Green Coalition, earned. So they're about 54%. So we're talking around the same number of people voted for the referendum as voted for the continuation of the mm. current coalition. But in both cases, Giffey is very possibly likely to say, I'm not going to do either of those things. You've, you've already started talking about the potential um, uh, coalitions that could be formed. So R2G is looking unlikely, and that's because we've heard noises from Giffey in the past, and we know that uh, the SPD really hates Dilinka. They just did not get along at all during the coalition period. Um, they also fought with the Greens as too. It was a very fractious coalition the whole way through, well, particularly towards the end. Um, so it, it's, um, you know, that that's one coalition possibility. It, it could happen, but I wouldn't bank on it. So the other one is that the SPD could team up with the CDU. Um, they have some common policies. Um, uh, and they would also, however, need a third party to team up with them. So now who's going to be the third party? So that could be uh, the FDP. So we could actually see uh, going from red, red, green, to its almost exact opposite, a centrist, conservative, business bootlicking, anti-environmental alliance between the SPD, the CDU, and the FDP running Berlin, um, which is just too horrible to contemplate. They have over 50? They have a mathematical possibility of doing that, yes. Wow. And they all get along very nicely. Um, so the only way that that could be stopped is if the Greens are there instead. And so that would involve the Greens teaming up with the SPD and the CDU. That would require the Greens to give up a lot of their ground to work with this with the CDU, a lot of their promises and policies. At least, though, it would stop the worst of a super right-wing anti-environmental 
agenda from happening. That That's actually the possibly best case scenario we have right now. And it might not actually get much done, that it's kind of coalition. not the best case scenario. Well, the best case scenario is red, red, green. Yes, obviously. but okay, given that <laughs> we know that the, the, the SPD and D-Link hate each other, it's going to take a lot of climb down from both those two camps to get there. It would take huge amounts of climb down from D-Link giving up their support for the Enteignung, huge amounts of climb down from Giffy, who's been you know just campaigning against them for so long. I just don't know what would get them to... Two, those two parties in a room to sit together and get along after this it would really you know they'd have to have they'd all have to get very drunk and you know like you know yeah let's make that happen <laughs> I, 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 I think that it's really clear that berlin has signaled with 99 seats being returned to the red red green that it is overwhelmingly supported um as a coalition and it's that's not being lost the greens have even made a statement today saying don't don't ignore the fact that berlin has voted as a majority to support this coalition um and giffy is already starting to climb down on her red red line with deutsche von and co and eignen so i wouldn't be too sure that she cannot work with die Linke. and um i i have yeah i mean i didn't have hope last night i thought oh god it's all gone but um i think that Today, you know, I read in the Tagesspiel, for instance, about Deutsche Wohnen and Co. and Eignen, that this will be very difficult to ignore. That's in the Tagesspiel. Very difficult to ignore from a, like a relatively conservative newspaper. Very that conservative. Is very anti. Uh, they're, they're totally pro pro real estate lobby. So yeah. I think I heard the same article. It was like this bad idea will be very difficult to ignore, despite the fact that we, it's not shouldn't be done. <laughs> but I think <laughs> that that just shows that this referendum has to be taken seriously. I mean, fifty six percent is not fifty point five percent. It's not fifty one percent. It's fifty six point seven percent. I think was the end. Results. So that's, I mean, that is a majority. So we don't know what coalition we'll have, but do we know anything about who will be the next mayor? Well, both possibilities are women, but they won't be Berlin's first female mayor. The city had its first just after the war, Louise Schroeder, who was in office until 1951. And Berlin has had only men in charge in the 70 years since then. To say it's time for men to get out of the way is an understatement. But which woman will rule the city? So it's looking like the SPT's Francisco Giffey. Uh, 21% of Berliners ignored the fact that she plagiarized her PhD and plagiarized some of the CDU's conservative policies and voted for her anyway. <laughs> the Greens' Bettina Jarish could possibly become mayor if, by some miracle, the SPD failed to form a coalition and she pulls one together. But that's unlikely because that would require a very strange set of parties joining together. So yeah, it's probably going to be Giffey. Uh, we better get used to her. I think we just have to come to terms with it, you know. But more importantly, another... Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> another challenge, another competition was held on Sunday. We already mentioned it, Yuran, and we have got a habit on Radio Spätkauf of doing this, of announcing who won the Berlin Marathon. Yeah, the other huge event from yesterday. Um, the Berlin Marathon this year was won, uh, the men's was won by Guia Adola, and the women's was won by... Gotitom Gebreslassi. Where are they from? Neither of them ran a world record time. Um, oh, come on. Get it together, guys. Yeah. Not even willing to do a world record. We went out and voted. There were just too many lines in the way from the voting booth, so we just, like, they got tripped up. <laughs> I mean, I, I got in a couple of people's way on my way to brunch. So, you know, we all had important things to do yesterday. <laughs> so both of them won the Berlin Marathon for the first time. Both of them are Ethiopian. Um, 
and Guia Adola, the men's winner, he had the slowest time of a winner since 2009. It isn't even in the top 60 fastest finishes of the Berlin Marathon. So this was a very slow one. So that is like the opposite of what normally happens in Berlin, right? That's right. Berlin is one of these places where it's like one of the fastest marathons in the world, right? That was like a little fact that I used to tell people on my tours. Yeah, and everyone was expecting a new world record this year. This guy called Kenenisa Bekele was on track. He started really fast. The first 15 kilometers, he was on track to set a new world record. Last year, he was only a few seconds off setting, I think four seconds off of setting a new world record. So he came back this year trying to do this, but after 15 kilometers, his body wouldn't play and he finished third still anyway. But um, he paced too hard. That's really sad. I feel that's really uh, on theme with this whole topic because (laughs) this election, it feels like, Nobody really won it. It feels like everybody either lost it or kind of just compromised. Uh, we, even on a federal level, there's no like, it, it's just everyone sort of dropped votes here and there or just held ground. And uh, even the parties that did win a little bit, I uh, haven't really won that right. much. And everyone's just kind of like, it, it's, a, it's an election of, oh, well, let's just see if we can make this work now. Yeah. I mean, has anyone, sorry. It felt, I felt like we should be voting, maybe, we should have voted for who's going to be in charge four years from now or something, mm-hmm. you know, because it was sort of like, you could, you could see there's a trend happening. It just, nothing went far enough to like establish itself for now. So like, you know, just, uh, okay, you hang in for a little bit and we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll get to wherever we're going once a few more people have keeled over or... I saw uh, I saw Olaf Scholz like talk today, and um, I just thought, oh my god, he's the least charismatic person on planet Earth, right? I mean, he's just won this election, and his points were like, so I went to sleep last night, and I slept quite well after getting the initial results, and then when I woke up, I saw the results again after thinking maybe something might have happened in the nighttime that changed the results. And then I saw them again in the morning and they were similar and I was again happy. <laughs> uh, that be, is our fucking chance. You know what? Uh, as, as someone who's, who comes from a country where sometimes the like show of politics and the, the television, televisation of it uh, supplants any something substantive, I am never, ever upset to see a boring German tell me about boring stuff. Like, that's <laughs> like, give it, give it to me. I, uh, I, mean, I've, I mean, I feel like sometimes we get spoiled here in Germany with, with, with the politics. I mean, obviously it could be better, a lot better. And the worst of it could be not there. But, oh man, like just a uh, boring guy won <laughs> right into my veins. Thank you. That's actually a really good point. I mean, I was in England for the first time in 18 months since the pandemic over the weekend. And there are literal queues around the block to go to petrol stations because of a gas crisis leading to a fuel crisis, leading to consumer goods crisis, leading to supply chain crisis. It's insane. And you just think, okay, if we're like quarreling about different coalitions over here of like relatively moderate parties, I think I can live with that. <laughs> I think I can live with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I can live with that isn't our, our goal, no. our end goal <laughs> politically, but yeah. Well, we got to see. It could be worse, is not, yeah. On a Berlin level, you never know what could happen. It's all up for grabs. After I went and voted, by the way, the end of my anecdote is I went and ra- ran around Tempelhof just one last time, just before. Uh, <laughs> 
just in case <laughs> <Before> construction starts. <laughs> I was quite sure that the XPD <laughs> already has like the uh, the bulldozers at the gates ready to enter. You know, so oh a lot could change in the next five years with 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 the new part with the Gifai in charge and and the new directions. Any anything could really happen. And um, of course, hey, I was a temple of two yesterday. We on Radio Schweikauf will be bringing it to you. <laughs> along the way and we'll be here to let you know how it all plays out um, including on our next big show um, when we're going to see whether these coalitions which coalition is formed whether the uh, diagonal campaign's hopes have been completely dashed um, so keep listening and we'll keep bringing you updates on what's going on here in Berlin our politics. next show of course will be at the first Podfest Berlin October 24th will be our our recording, that's like our normal Sunday spot, but, but the day before and day after that, there'll be a ton of other podcasts recording live at the cafe, along with some other fun events, some seminars. Uh, it's going to be in German, English, Icelandic, hopefully more languages as well. You can go to podfestberlin.com to learn more. And one one uh, particular workshop that I'm excited about, uh, our friend of the show, Tim Howard, uh, who is the editor of the very famous podcast, Reply All. Um, from Gimlet, he will be there giving a little masterclass on how to plan and edit a podcast. So if oh, you yeah, are we have to go to that. Well, yeah, it's going to be limited capacity, and uh, anyone who's into podcasting, I'm sure, will want to hear from um, from from him about how how they work. So yeah, lots of cool events, Dan. You've done a great job putting that. Thank together. you. Uh, yeah, all the uh, we'll have another round of podcast announcements going up in the next couple of days. Seminars at the end of the week, and tickets will go on sale around October first. So you know. Start clicking refresh now. Uh, once again, thank you everyone who supports the show. We look forward to seeing you with our next live recording or just on the streets of Berlin as we are out there collecting the news like the flat-footed reporters of yesteryear. And by that, I mean Googling Berlin news and reading it. <laughs> While walking around, though. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Radio. Berlin News in English.